All right, all right, all right. Matthew McConaughey. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Courtney. And this is Uncut Geminis. All right, y'all. Today we are talking about huge, huge subjects. I mean, I don't even know. We should, we need an award after this. Today we are talking about current and past great ensemble cast for television, huge Leo characters, and is there too much TV to consume? Too much media to consume overall. So let's get into it. Who are you this week, Courtney? Um, this week, I think I am a 22-year-old. So uh, two things. Mm-hmm. One, uh, this week, my boss from when I was 22 contacted me to randomly do a job. Um, when I was 22, do I was- To a job? To do a job. I was, I was a production assistant, which is basically just like, you know, the little bitch boy on set. You just go run around and do errands and help with pee things. And that was what I did when I first moved to L.A. And so my boss from then randomly hit me up and was like, hey, you want to come be a PA? And I was just kind of like, oh, my God, I haven't done this in like four years. But like, yes, I do want to go be a PA. You wore the little walkie talkie. Yes, absolutely. Um, So that's what I did this week. But then the other thing is that. Um, something uh, a little fun and fucked up about me is that my teeth came in super late as a child, and I'm also missing a bunch of teeth. My genetics are British. Um, <laughs> so what that means is I think everyone's wisdom teeth came out when they were like 22. Yeah, like everyone six- got their wisdom teeth. Mine 16? was 16. Yeah, I got a whole like wisdom teeth story where it was the, like the that weekend was the first weekend I did mushrooms and then like got did the wisdom teeth the next day and then like got so high on the gas they give you. I I must have told all the dentist I did that. I don't know. I just like, and then I went to the Beyonce concert the day after that. It was quite a week for me when I was 16. (laughs) Oh my God. See, that's what it's like happening at 16 is like throwing all these events. And meanwhile, I'm like now, this is 11 years later. I'm 27. Oh my God. And it's like, first of all, this should have happened when I was 16. Yeah. Like I said 22, but apparently 16 is when I should have gotten my wisdom teeth. But instead of like that version, it's just mine is just going to be like me in my bed, just like eating yogurt and being like, (laughs) I can't go out. I'm sorry. You did say you were like, I think I'm going to be fine, like immediately. And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Well, I wanted to go rollerblading. I had a plan to go rollerblading. And then I was like asking around and people were like oh no you you can't do that you're gonna be like bleeding in your mouth i was like oh fuck you're having quite like a a body summer (laughs) oh it's a shit body body summer i'm so ready to be done with this human shell yeah um we don't need them anymore let's just be uploaded to elon musk internet yeah so i'm 22 (laughs) this week what about you rachel who are you this week I am probably like seven. I'm a little fish girl this week. <laughs> little fish girl. Not so much in what I'm consuming, but where I'm doing with my body. I've just been swimming for like 20 hours straight. <laughs> oh, hell yes. And I love swimming. Like I get in the pool and I'm like, okay, handstand contest. And then I'm always like, watch how many flips I can do. And I make, and I'm not kidding. All of my friends, I was swimming with like, <laughs> two different groups of friends this weekend they can all tell you that is what I did I was like watch me do a bunch of flips and meanwhile like they're like I don't want to get my hair wet I'm not getting in and I'm like different people (laughs) oh my god no I love that I and I love doing flips doing flips in the water is so much fun it's so fun and then I was trying to explain to my friends I was like let's play the game categories in the water and they're like what is this and I'm like okay so like one person (gasps) categories (gasps) yeah like the one where one person stands outside and then they yell out like ice cream flavors and if you say your favorite ice cream flavor you have to swim across the water and then like you have to jump in to try and get them 
okay, I was explaining this to them and then they were just asking me a bunch of questions. They were like, well, what, it, what is the reason for this? And like, what if they, I was like, look, this is a game for five-year-olds. Okay. Oh my God. We Shut don't up, need Nark. to just question play. this. Just play the <laughs> fucking game. So I love swimming. I have truly just been in the sun. I, for like, I didn't look at my phone for a second. I like went swimming all day Saturday, went to sleep, woke up at like 1 p.m. And then immediately had to go to another swim birthday party. And I was like, yeah, this is my life. <laughs> Mermaid hours. I love Mermaid it. hours. I love uh, it. God, I, fuck. I haven't played categories in forever. Category is so fun. We used to play categories so much. Okay. Oh well, God. then we're going to go to the pool and we're going to play categories. Once, I want to play categories. Once the wisdom teeth are so Yeah. We should get people together just for this game. I don't want to do any of your adult shit. I don't. I want in. I want handstand contest and flips. Absolutely not. No. All right, weather report for this week. We are recording this on the 19th. Today, Mercury is entering big, bold Leo. So this is a good time to speak your mind. Tell your best stories. Have fun. Leo, Mercury Leo is like dramatic and and like funny and flirty. So, you know, just like, yeah, really have fun. Uh, And then on Friday, July 22nd is the start of Leo season. The sun enters Leo. So Leo is the sign of play and creativity. So this next month is going to be all about like prioritizing joy, you know, hang out with your friends, get the pride together. Go. That's a lion joke. I want that to be clear. Um, Okay. so go dancing. Uh, Just get active. Get out of the house. You know, Leo is like a fire sign. You know, like cancer season is all about being in the house. Leo season is like you got to express that energy. You got to get out. Well, I feel like I've been having the most leo cancer season ever like i've just been with people constantly but i also like i'm not gonna lie i love being around people it's making me kind of sad maybe because i should have been doing the cancer energy you know of like nesting and being home more and now it's like leo season and you're like okay go out and i'm like but i have been going out (laughs) i mean i think cancer season can be about like gatherings in the sense of like Mm. i think of cancer season of like gatherings of like family and fr- and like chosen family of like friends you know i yeah. think of like fourth of july picnic and like all that going to the beach beach day yeah that's like the way i think about like gathering in cancer season but leo season is when i think like oh let's go dancing let's go rollerblading let's, let's do go, something wild let's go have a bunch of birthday parties leos love a birthday party if yeah. you have a leo friend congratulations you're about to go to a dank birthday party like <laughs> So I'm excited about that. <laughs> I'm excited. Okay, good. It, it seems like a transformative week. Yeah. And then um, Monday uh, is uh, Monday, July 25th. We have the new moon in Leo. So new moons are like time or time to like set manifestations. You know, when there's a new moon, you're setting up stuff for like the new moon cycle. And then on the full moon, you kind of check in and you're like, you know, what's going on now that some a couple weeks have passed. So that's you know supposed to be like the the whatever the, the acne of um or acme acme i have no idea the apex the a height of times when people say words i just like nod <laughs> okay well this is a time this is one of those times i don't even know what i'm saying the <laughs> the, the the climax of leo season i guess mm, um it will hot. be the the full moon it, just making it a little the climax of oh leo did you season. see that did you see that crazy red moon or like that happened recently there was a giant moon outside i don't know there's been a lot of moon stuff going on no i'm not <laughs> I'm, I'm i apologize moon yeah, gotta go look at it. But, I mean, you know, basically, my advice for the rest of Leo season, 
Leo is ruled by the sun. So it's all about just letting your your light shine. You know, whatever your talents are, you got to let them show. You got to really champion yourself and self-promote. You got to tap into your talents. It's also about creativity and art. So like if you have creative goals, like the new moon's a good time to start thinking about them. And Leo season's a good time to really just let all of that energy out. Ugh, I, I love this. I love that we as a society have become really great with people promoting themselves like okay there's this mom on tiktok that i follow her name is mia knight or maya i'm sorry maya knight i'm sure you guys all like she is like she's the mom of two twins let me know if you know this scout and violet they're like they're amazing twins but any and she'll just post like her baby and violet no and then the whole internet has (laughs) no the whole internet like has come to rename them scotch and vodka and like she loves it and she's so fun and she will post like just her babies and like having fun and like whatever and it's clearly like how she like makes money and lives her life and then sometimes when she'll post an ad everybody will comment i'm here to pay my child support i'm so proud of you i'm so happy for you and i just love that it's like yes self-promote your shit like make your money live your life i want to see that (laughs) what i want that running joke on my account so that people babies god what can i what can i make that joke on my account so everyone comments on my fucking ads well i well if anybody's jealous of your ads it's like well, how do you think people pay their rent out here, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's so extremely L.A. to be like, It's Los Angeles, what? baby. Where, how would I pay my rent without my Instagram ads? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that is definitely the way I live, uh, in case yeah. everyone's wondering. That it's is like, absolutely how I live. You know what? Let's just, that, there's nothing to lie about out here. There's nothing, and, and I love it. Hey, we're here for financial transparency. Financial transparency yeah. is how we all get paid. So Basically, if your yeah. friend posts something that's something they made, something they did, I want you to repost it this week. That's what you should do. You should be mm-hmm. proud of your friends. You should share your friend's work. It's like all tides rise, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The circle rises. That's it's also um it's sh- shine theory. I don't shine if you don't shine. That's hey, shouts to shouts to Amina and um Anne for that one. That's uh, a yeah. from the Call Your Girlfriend podcast. Last thing I was just going to say is everybody just needs to have two twin babies as well and that and then to support all their friends. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's the weather report this week. <laughs> that is our weather report. We got some birthdays. Okay, this is a big birthday Thursday. If it is your yeah. birthday this Thursday, happy birthday. These birthdays are actually cancers. Just want to say. This yes. is these are our July 21st cancers. Leo season, we're starting July 22nd. So all these people are cancers. Just want to preface with that. I mean, I think I'm just gonna start with the biggest one. Robin Williams, huge cancer. Huge cancer. So <laughs> good at just touching touching on our heartstrings. You know what oh I mean? Like touching on our funny bones. Knows how to get into our tap into our feelings yeah it's not your fault it's not your fault oh it's not your fault let's watch some dead poet society this week oh, that's, that's god what we need that's beautiful okay allison rayner from orange is the new black the mean guard who's like amazing we got betty gilpin from glow she's so beautiful it's insane romeo santos so beautiful it's insane <laughs> uh jessica barden from the end of the fucking world i love her I really love this actress. I think she's so funny and cool. And I think that oh. there is a strong case that that character is uh, a Gemini if you watch The End of the Fucking World. There's a moment when it's like she has a quote and it's like, respect me changing my mind and fuck off. I love that. Oh, that's yeah. uh, OK. R- Rory Culkin, the forgotten brother. Yeah. We talked last week on 
the pod about Kieran Culkin being the loose brother of Macaulay <laughs> as a child, but in reality, like the forgotten brother is Rory, you know? Rory's the lost brother. I can't even tell you what he does with his existence, but I mean, I hope he's having a good day. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. Cat Stevens. Cat Stevens, beautiful musician. Love Cat Stevens. Oh my God, it's Ernest Hemingway's birthday? Ermin- yes. Ernest. What? Wow. Yes. Oh our my favorite, gosh. Our, our fa- well, our, I mean, it could be your problematic fave. He's not really my fave. I love that he champions Paris, you know? I mean, we've talked about this. We're both Paris girls. Like, yeah, theme of the pod, for truly. I love the idea that, you know, of just being like a writer in Paris, but I don't know if that means I love Ernest Hemingway. You know, that might just be an aesthetic sort of vibey thing. Yeah, you can be your own Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. Um, I have a joke that I want to make that's really dumb. The Old Man in the Sea is the name of his biography. That's all. That's just my dumb joke. That's all I wanted to say. Anyways, end, end of joke. <laughs> that's, that's all. It's such a bad joke. Fuck. Get me out of this. Get me out of this. John Lovitz from okay, SNL. It's also John him. Lovitz, SNL. <laughs> and then we have two really big characters that are going to lead us into our next, our next rest of our conversation that we are really just gearing up to get through. I'm going to say... Edward Herman, who played Richard Gilmore, which is huge for the end of our episode today. We're going to really do a deep dive into some of that stuff. And we also have, leading us into our next subject, Juno Temple. Juno Temple, a.k.a. Keely from Ted Lasso. The best dressed. We love her. So funny. So hot. So cute. She's so funny. She's just such a... God, like I just... Oh, I love her. Like, don't you just want to, like, be in a bathroom with her at, like, a club? Oh, you know, yeah. like, I want to be just, like, I want to run into her in a bathroom and just swap compliments. Like, I feel yeah. like she always has great nails. Doesn't she seem like one of those girls that always has, oh. like, a sick manicure? Sick manicure, great outfits, just, like, great actress. Truly amazing. There's yeah. a lot of birthdays. That is a lot of birthdays for this Thursday. Mm-hmm. I want, Yeah, I bet that would be actually a good birthday dinner table with all of those people i bet they'd all find something to talk about yeah these are all also like likable people maybe with the mm-hmm. exception of ernest hemingway you know like yeah. all these other people seem nice and cool and fun i mean if you're a cusp believer like which yeah. you know look don't don't tell annabelle gatt my beloved astrologer don't tell any of the astrologers that i love i don't think a lot of i think if you're like a real ass astrologer you don't believe in cusps but i unfortunately am a meme maker so I do believe in cusps, <laughs> and if you're born on the 21st, you know, you're right next to Leo season. So I think some of these people have a little bit of that, like, Leo shine, that people on the Cancer Leo cusp, that is called the cusp of oscillation. And it's people who were kind of, like, both both that, like, you know, sweet, loving Cancer energy, and then also that kind of influential, like, um, dramatic Leo streak, you know, which is, I think, I think that's a really fun beautiful caring i don't know caring vibe and that's those that's the people we're talking about today so shouts to them happy birthday everybody happy, happy birthday. birthday whenever happy you're birthday. listening and to if this it's your birthday happy birthday yeah as you are ending your cancer season going into your, your leo season and oh we wanted to not get through that we were very excited to talk about what is coming next we have some Big subjects. I'm just going to say them up top and 
oh my God, I don't even know how we're going to tackle all of this. Okay, we're going to break down some Emmys nominations and the idea of what are we consuming? Is there so much to consume? How do we watch it all? And then we're going to get into some huge ensemble cast. The two main ones being, we're going to talk about Abbott Elementary and we're going to talk about Gilmore Girls. Ooh, how do we even start? The Emmys. The Emmys. Emmys. Wow, okay. Ted, let's start with Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is one of my favorite shows that I've seen in the last two years. I think it like charmed the hearts of Americans for sure. I have no idea how British people feel about it, but so fucking funny, so loving, so great. And Ted Lasso has had many, many nominations in the comedy category. Let's talk about the ones that are nominated this year. We have Abbott Elementary, we have Barry, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Hacks, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Only Murders in the Building, Ted Lasso, What We Do in the Shadows. That is the big comedy category, which is like a Woo, there are some big hitters in this game. I mean, hacks take so much. We've already talked about that on this pod. Um, I mean, and then you have Oli Murders in the Building, which is literally freaking Steve Martin and (laughs) Martin Short, like some of the most famous comedians ever. So I don't even know how you'd start to dive into this pool. I haven't seen season two of that show, but I'm just going to say season one was straight up fine. (laughs) I think, I think. I don't know why Only Murders in the Building is in this nominee list. I mean, I think it's just because of those huge names. I truly did not. Like, for myself, I've watched, like, a little bit of everything. What I am fully diving into, obsessed with, is Abbott Elementary, Hacks, and Ted Lasso. Like, I watch Marvelous Mrs. Maisel every single time it drops, and I'm going to talk about them a little more when we get into Gilmore Girls. I think it is a great, funny, funny, funny show. But I think the big leaders are really Hacks and Ted Lasso, and I'm really curious to see how Abbott is going to squeeze in this year with their first season. And they had a lot of nominations. Um, A lot of the actors were nominated in the um, comedy category. So I'm curious to see how this racks itself out yeah i'm super excited i love i think you i mean i think i totally agree actually i think that my favorite comedies are also abbott hacks and ted lasso among these but i just want to say i think that there has been a huge oversight here in skipping over the other two which is another hbo max i love the other two that is so fucking funny if you haven't seen the other two it is about basically like a justin bieber type like this 14 year old kid gets famous on kind of like a sweetie pie like pop star thing and his older siblings are like they're like 10 years older than him and they are like one of them is an actor he's always wanted to be famous and one of them is like uh his sister kind of has is not really sure what she's doing with her life. And so when their brother get, becomes like a superstar, they basically try to attach themselves to him. And it's about them. They are the other two. They're the they're the ones that aren't famous. And then Molly Shannon is the like hilarious mother. And it's this show is it has like Bojack level references. It's like hacks level like industry humor. It's just so fucking funny. It's jokes on jokes on jokes. It's like genuinely laugh out loud funny and i don't know why it's not nominated in here it's so much better than barry season three sorry it is it very much is barry i'm like what the fuck is happening with this anymore um uh, i will say on that note molly shannon who we've talked about a lot i mean has three huge shows this year i just watched her on the hollywood comedy actresses roundtable i mean she's in um i love that for you she's in the other two 
Oh, she has one more that I'm not remembering at this moment. White Lotus. That's what it is. And it's just like, she, and literally, where's her supporting actress co- nominee? I'm looking at it right now. I don't see her name on this list. Like, she is just killing it, Molly Shannon. I, I feel like, yeah, she's going to get nominated. I mean, she's just amazing. The other thing I will say in the comedy category, which I think is interesting, is Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish. It was their last season, and she didn't get the nomination for. Um, actress in a comedy series and it's just tough I mean it's a tough freaking category and I mean blackish like I'm not watching blackish anymore I definitely watched it at the beginning you know nine years ago or whatever but I don't know Tracy Ellis Ross like I still feel that she is in this moment where her biggest is still yet to come like I can't wait to see where she moves forward and it's just because anytime she talks and says anything I think she's so funny and I just I that's what I'm gonna pitch I think she needs her next leading show I hear that okay we have some drama too so drama I I can't I can't really like I feel like comedy is doing so huge lately like there's some such big comedies but the big drama is nominated this year okay we got Better Call Saul Euphoria Ozarks Severance Squid Game Stranger Things Succession Yellow Jackets woo I'll be mad if Euphoria gets a lot of recognition, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Euphoria hater. I am like full on Euphoria. I don't like. I don't do I watch s- it every week? Of course. <sighs> do, I do I like I it? Be- no. No. Do I think it's like well written or well? I don't know. I think it's a great music video that I'm watching. <laughs> oh, that's a really a, well way to put it. I am. I think there's Euphoria so many hater. great elements. Like the actors are great. The makeup and hair are great. You know, the lighting is is nice. I think that's a good question. But it's to a say, music video. Yeah. What makes a good show? I mean, like the things that I'm loving on this list are Succession, Yellow Jackets, and I love, oh, Severance. Oh, my God. Squid Game. Like all of these, like their story, I am just like, what the fuck is happening next? And I am on the edge of my seat. I could talk to all, like about those shows forever. And it's like, Euphoria, am I on the edge of my seat? I don't know. I think Yellow Jackets and Succession are the ones that I feel like genuinely very passionate about. I think they're just incredible. Yeah. They're just, they're just incredible. Yeah. I mean, people love Better Call Saul for Bob Odenkirk, but I I mean, once Breaking Bad was over, I was like, I don't know if I can keep going. <laughs> Even though I loved Breaking Bad, one of the best shows of all time. And I don't watch Ozarks either. <sighs> I watched the first few seasons of, of Better Call Saul. He's actually amazing in it. He's, I, I actually would not really not mind if he got an award for for uh being Saul or he's he's Jimmy he's Jimmy McGill he has to go through a transformation I'm curious if this is the last uh season of that show and I just do feel like I hate when people don't get their their roses you know like I don't think Steve Carell ever got anything for the office and it's just like like how that's so I don't know I'm curious how political all this stuff is like how political I'm meaning like marketing how much money your PR team is spending I don't know. I think there's a chance we could have a like a Bob Odenkirk moment then of him getting his final recognition because this the show's been going on for such a long time and he really gives like an incredible performance. And I think everybody would be really happy to see that happen. I would. I guess my question is with all this stuff like comedy and drama, is there too much to consume or are we consuming it all? Are we above average because we watch eight out of the nine, you know, like... 
What do you think? I'm so fucking lootly. You and I watch more TV than anyone. You know, like no one could balance all of this TV. Like it's absolutely just us. How do you, how do you think you can? How do I think I can? Because I'm a meme at Because I'm, I work from home, you know, and I write about pop culture. And I think that I have justified in my brain that part of my job as someone who writes about culture and talks about culture is to be informed, you know? So yeah. sometimes when I'm like... I don't know. I think I have reframed in my life that, like, there is no time wasted. Like, the time that I did waste, like, oh, my God. There's this, this is, I'm going to do something really lame right now. There's this MGMT song. I think it's time to pretend. And there's a line in it that (laughs) I think about all the time that is, like, he's talking about, like, the things he's going to miss from childhood. And one of the things is, I'll miss the boredom and the freedom and the time spent alone. And I think that like that, that always really spoke to me. And I was like, I think that all of those moments that are like, you're just, you're bored and you're just doing nothing and you're wasting time. Those all lead to the art you make and mm. what you talk about and the person you become and like the dumb conversations you can have with people of being like, well, what are you watching on TV? And be like, well, you know, I got sick and I watched like when you got sick, I know you watched all of Yellow Jackets. Right. And then what? We fucking talked about Yellow Jackets. We're still talking about Yellow Jackets. We're still talking later. about Yellow Jackets. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> because we fucking love Yellow Jackets. And that is a product of of the boredom, you know, and I love that. Yeah, I really like the connection it brings of like, oh, are you seeing this and you seeing that? I guess another one that I was going to shout out on that note is the dropout, which I am shocked it was so good like it I think was leaps and bounds like I was not gonna care about Elizabeth Holmes I mean we all had that documentary but um, Amanda Seyfried was absolutely fantastic and I really hope she takes home that nomination for the dropout it was just like beyond everything else and I don't know I felt like there was this moment where we all like were watching the dropout and we were like all into Elizabeth Holmes again (laughs) like you just kind of start seeing it around like in the zeitgeist of okay what's happening who's around and I don't know, I, 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 that's why I like television and it's just something that I've always, you just feel seen, I guess, seen in the TV and then it's entertainment. It's all the things. Yeah. We're now talking about limited series. So The Dropout is the story of Elizabeth Holmes who had Thanos, Theranos, Theranos, Theranos. not Thanos. Yeah. You you tell the you give an it's similar. Oh oh, it's um it's her story. It's a it's a a fraud story. It's watching somebody be a fraud and saying that they have this technology to create blood samples very quickly, and they lied and did not have the technology. And it seems like a great documentary, right? We all watched the documentary. Um, I can't remember the name of it. And. Uh, I I, first of all I did not and I'm willing to bet no one else did (laughs) no people people are into because I literally there's like there's this podcast that it's based on and I watched the dropout went back and re-listened to the podcast because I was so interested in it it's just about somebody scheming everybody and it's crazy that it actually happened in real life and existence I think what's so fun about the dropout is how it's fun to watch a story that happened 10 years ago and like the music they would play, like there was a lot of like rap music that she would be dancing to and stuff like this. And it's it's kind of like we're in this cycle now as us being in our late 20s, watching stuff that we were alive for, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And then you're, you feel connected to it in that way, um, even though I do not feel connected to scamming millionaires for their money. <laughs> <laughs> Yet, Rachel. Dream big. Yes. I watched all of these. Um, Inventing Anna. 
I don't really have anything to say about it. Pam and Tommy. It was good. South Rogan was absolutely amazing. I loved um, The White Lotus. I thought it was great. Ugh, so, so good. I'm actually so passionate about the category of limited series because mm. I think that limited series consistency consistently throughout my life has always been the one where I was like, you just haven't seen any of them. For me, I was like, I never no. watched the limited series. Um, and then this is a category where I'm actually pretty fucking pissed because Station Eleven was completely snubbed and it was one of my favorite things I saw this year. One of my favorite things I think I've ever seen. It is pure art. And I do not often describe things that way. And additionally, Mackenzie Davis and I'm gonna Mackenzie Davis should have been nominated for uh lead actress in a limited series. And so I am actually super upset that um that that got snubbed. It's it's hey, incredible. I, if I didn't watch. I'm one of the people who just the, I I think it's a I think it's a political game there. Not enough people were chatting about it at the right time. I don't know. I think because okay, so the story of Station 11, it's based on a book that was written well before COVID. And the story is like there is an illness, there is a flu that basically wipes out like the majority of the population. Um and so that's like day 1 is like this this flu happens, people just start dropping like flies and it happens when um, this guy's at a play. And so it's Himesh Patel. And he actually did get nominated for lead actor. And I, I hope he wins. He's incredible. But he is at a play. And he sees this little girl who her parents aren't there. And he's like, his sister is working in a hospital. And she's like, get the fuck home. Like, I'm going to die. You need to get out of here. And he sees this girl. And he's like, I got to, like, find her parents. But her parents aren't answering. He, like, he, And he's like, fine, I'll fucking take you home. So he like takes this little girl home and it's about them. It's like these two tandem storylines. There's actually a bunch of storylines, but the main ones are those two like surviving this like basically. I mean, it, it's almost like an apocalypse, like zombie wipeout, but it's it's not zombies. It's like, you know, a flu. And then 20 years later, they like, what is the world that they've rebuilt? Um, so it's really far, I think, a lot closer to like sci-fi than the world we've been living in but i think covid burnout really had people being like i yeah. don't want to watch a movie about illness right now or a, I mean, a show about illness right now i think that's what's so fascinating about again as we're saying like all this television we're consuming and why it's being so what's popular when is this what's going on in the world and how it's being reflected like can you believe fucking veep was made before 2016 you know what i mean and then it became too yeah. real so it's it's yeah. i know i you know what you have i think that's your did you convince me because i have heard the show is amazing and i do want to go watch it i just have not sat down to do it i will say the core i i feel like i i really want to convince everyone to watch this so yeah. the core of it is just like how important art is like how important, like when you're rebuilding a like a society, like they're they're like the girl, the young girl is an actor, and like from age, like she's like fourteen or something, and she's like, I'm an actor, and like he's like, That's you're a child. Society. Yeah, yeah, no, for real. He's like, you're a child. She's like, I'm an actor, and like, and then it's like twenty years later, who is this girl? You know, and uh, she's a, I, still a fucking actor. I don't know. So I think podcasts are going to be really important when the world ends. Yeah. <laughs> put those in our time machines that we like send out our like what are they called the like uh a time capsule that we send out into like the world <laughs> <laughs> okay i think we should go through and we should each real quick just like one word who we think uh, just a couple of them who we think should win so drama series 
Okay, in my opinion, I think Severance should win. I don't think it's going to win. I think I think Stranger Things might win. But that's who I think should win. I think Severance should win the drama series, in my opinion. Courtney, what do you think? I want Yellow Jackets, and I think it's going to be Succession or Squid Game. Oh, yeah. Okay, comedy series. I want Abbott Elementary to win. And I think it could win. There's a chance. I want Ted Lasso, and I think it will be Ted Lasso. Limited series. I want it to be The Dropout. I want it to be none of them, and I want it to be Station Eleven. <laughs> Lead actor in a drama series. I want it to be Jeremy Strong from Succession. I think he had a really great season. He's just been doing... I mean, look, he plays it like Hamlet. He's a fu- he's he a plays fucking... it like oh. Hamlet. Ugh, but I'm also bored by all the Cox in it. You know what? I want it to be Lee Jung Jae from Squid Game, the lead of Squid Game. I think he was amazing. He's charismatic. He carried the entire series. He was funny at the beginning and then fucking had to kill so many. I mean, amazing, amazing actor. Yeah. I think it should be him. He was great. Lead actress in a drama series. Uh, you know, this is a weird year. It's I usually year. care so much about these people. And for whatever reason, I don't care. And the thing is, I love Killing Eve, and both of the stars of Killing Eve are nominated, and for whatever reason, I just don't care. I just I don't, don't think they'll give it to them, even yeah. though I love them, you know? I think it's going to be Melanie Linsky from Yellow Jackets. I think it's going to be her, because she's been winning a lot of things, and I think that she will continue to win, and she is the sweetest, cutest woman ever when she wins. She thanked her nanny, which was so sweet. Aww. She won an award, and she was like, most importantly, I would love to thank my nanny, and I was like, you're amazing. Okay, lead actor in a comedy series. Um, Wait, one... <laughs> One last thing about Melanie Linsky. I rewatched um the first two episodes of Yellow Jackets this week and the scene when she fucking kills the rabbit in her garden, skins it and feeds her family. Oh my god. Maybe she yeah. deserves it just on that alone. Although okay, one I will say Jodie Comer should have won this for season 1 of Killing Eve. She did. Jody- she has Jodie Comer has won an, an uh, Emmy for Killing Eve. Wait, what? Okay, then yeah, I'm fucked she, up. I'm she, wrong. Never mind. She did win, and it was like huge because it was like she was the newcomer, and it was like shocking that she won. So she like, and that really put her plate, her feet in the ground, and now it's like, okay, yeah, she's it. She was shocked okay. like when she won. So Jodie Comer's, she's she's getting it. She's good. All I right. think Melanie. I'm Lynch totally wrong. She deserves. Um, lead actor in a comedy series. Ugh, it's gonna be Jason Sudeikis. It's gonna be Jason Sudeikis, and it should be Jason Sudeikis. But I wouldn't be mad if it was Bill Hader, even though I didn't like season three. Because part of why I didn't like season three is that I hate when a comedy isn't funny. That's like one of my <laughs> biggest pet peeves is when a comedy isn't funny. And this this season was all about like Barry's trauma and how everything yeah. pushing up to him. I also hate how in like I like I you I love a crime show, like a show yeah. where the setup is like a great crime. But the problem is that the thing you always run into is like eventually it's just like, oh, the cops are coming after me. And I'm like, God, now it's boring. Yeah. And that was season three. And I really don't like that. But he he gave an amazing performance and I wouldn't be mad if he won. Well, that's Bill Hader's whole thing is I would never be mad if Bill Hader has a good day. You know, <laughs> I love him. Gemini gang. Gemini gang. OK, lead actress in a comedy series. I want it to be Quinta. Quinta for Abbott Elementary. I'm on Abbott Elementary. I'm fighting for this. Rachel Bronson from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, she's already gotten it. Kaylee Cuoco, she has everything in the world. Elle Fanning, sure. Issa Rae, I don't know. Issa Rae could because this is the last season. It'd be nice for her to get something. Jean Smart, she's already gotten it. She's good. Let's do Quinta, newcomer. I might be Team Issa. Yeah. I don't know. I, I Issa love Issa Rae, and I think Insecure is so great. I, yeah. yeah. I might be Team Issa this time because I think Quinta Brunson is amazing, but I think 
that I like that show because it is for the ensemble, which we're going to talk about very soon. But fucking Quinta wrote and starred and did did the whole show. I I know, but it's the writing that I think that she should win, you know, like, uh, you know, it's a whole thing, right? I think those are the big ones. I think, like, those are the big, we don't need to go into all the supporting, but, like, I can't wait to see. I hope we're wrong, or I hope there's some drama that comes up with all of this and ultimately maybe awards mean nothing and who actually cares. I love to look at it and how it relates to the culture and what's going on and how we're feeling about society as a whole, meaning, like, am I going to watch Station Eleven even though we just went through COVID? I don't know. My one thing, though, and I think if you like Succession, you probably already know this, is that for supporting actor, they nominated Greg, Nicholas Braun. They nominated Kieran Culkin, a.k.a. Um, Roman. <laughs> they nominated Matthew McFadden, who I love, for um, Tom. And then they nominated... Um, oh, fuck. No, I guess it's just those three. It's just those three. So everyone... <laughs> I just Okay, I wanted to say the only person from Succession who didn't get nominated of the main cast is Connor Roy, a.k.a. Alan Ruck. <laughs> And that is extremely Connor Roy to be the only one left out, to be like the only sibling that's not called a sibling, the only actor who's not called an Emmy nominated actor. You know, I think you should write this piece for Vulture. I think they should. I think that is the Vulture title. That is great. That is so funny. I am addicted to um, Connor Roy, Alan Ruck, because I was one of those kids growing up whose Ferris Bueller's Day Off was my favorite movie, and I thought I was the only person in the world who loved that movie, and I was like, I'm so cool because I love this, and like now like it's like a cult classic, and every person loves this movie. I just was so attached to it, and I just thought it was the best ever, and he plays Cameron in that movie, and he was so amazing as that role, and I love watching him as Connor Roy. Uh, con heads for life. All right, Connies. All right, Connies. Okay, we're going to wrap up this segment with a quick, did I convince you? Rachel and I are going to try to convince each other of an Emmy-centric point. So we're going to give each other one minute. Rachel, you get one minute starting right now. Okay, this is Did I Convince You Emmy's edition. I think Sandra O oh deserves an Emmy. And I don't even mean for Killing Eve. I just mean for existing. Remember when she deserved an Emmy so bad that we wanted her to host the Emmys with Andy Samberg and then she did and it was absolutely amazing. Sandra O, oh, I need her to be on her Jean Smart shit. I need her to get what like we keep trying to give her these shows, right? We tried to give her the chair or whatever that was on Netflix and 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 we love her so much, but we need her to have something where she just needs it's un undeniable that she needs this Emmy. Sandra O, oh, I mean Princess Diaries. What what are we even talking about here? Grey's Anatomy. I mean, literally, did she win an Emmy for Grey's Anatomy? She deserves one. I think we should go back in time and re-give Sandra O oh an Emmy for Grey's Anatomy. Thank you. I think you're absolutely right. I fully agree. I fully agree. I 100% love Christina Yang. I would love a retroactive Emmy for for Christina Yang. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, you know what? This is going to be me in uh, like four hours. I'm I'm having my wisdom teeth surgery and I keep thinking about the Christina Yang moment after her failed wedding when she's like, somebody sedate me. That's going to be me. I want to like yell that in the dentist office. Somebody sedate me. I better see Um, that meme on your page. That's so funny. (laughs) All right. Are you ready for your Did I Convince You Emmys edition? Yes, I am. Ready. Okay. Go. 
Matilda Lawler should have been nominated for uh, supporting actress in a limited series for playing a young Kirsten in Station Eleven. Matilda Lawler, let me tell you, she was born in 2008. Do you know how fucked up it is that I'm rooting for someone born in 2008 to be nominated for an <laughs> award? It's fucked up. She's 14. She's 14 years old, and I think she outperformed everyone, including Sydney Sweeney and White Lotus, including all of these people who are nominated. Like, she absolutely killed it. There is a moment when she finds out that her family is dead, and it's, like, the best line read I've seen on TV probably in the whole year. She just, like, oh, my God, it's it's incredible. I've never seen a, such an amazing child actor that I was, like, Jesus Christ, It's this is a snub. This is a snub of a child, of a 14-year-old. She's a Virgo. She put in the precision. She... Oh, my God. I, I was just like, why am I looking up a 14-year-old's Instagram right now? But And it's run by her parents? Like, she's amazing. She is a child. She's a wonderkin. You're going to see so much from her. Matilda Lawler, look her up. Watch Station Eleven. Wow. Wow. I think this is the episode where Courtney convinces us to watch Station Eleven. I, I think it. I, I fucking hope so. Because <laughs> it deserves it. Uh, I'm obsessed. Okay. that's where our, Those were our Emmys ideas. Let us know. How do you feel? Are we totally wrong? I don't know. What are you watching? Keep us updated. Are your shows not nominated? We want to know. All right. Now it's time for our deep dives. Um, so Abbott Elementary, as we talked about, super nominated. Um, this, If you don't know about Abbott Elementary, first of all, uh, f- fucking find out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> quick, uh, quick little description. This show is about a group of dedicated and passionate teachers and a slightly tone-deaf principal who find themselves thrown together in a Philadelphia public school where, despite the odds stacked against them, they are determined to help their students succeed in life. This is a Quinta Brunson masterpiece. She created and stars in the show as Janice. um, And I would say what convinced me to watch the show was Rachel describing it as the new Parks and Rec. It's like a mockumentary style. It's so sweet it has such heart um it's very much like a warm core show i loved it yeah i mean talk about the perfect timing to come out for what we need we need a we always need a new parks and rec we need a new office we need something that is funny that has um tyler james williams looking at the camera in a gym like fashion of like whoa what the fuck is happening here and it is such a sweet sweet funny show and I've been watching Quinta do a couple interviews about this, and she's been talking about how she's really proud of writing three strong black female leads who are all very, very different from one another. So you have Quinta, who's very sweet, very optimistic, the lead of the show. And then you have the principal, um, Ava Coleman, played by Janelle James, who is like goofy, a bully (laughs) absolutely insane she's goof central she's oh my god she's so fucking funny she's definitely i think the breakout star of the show i mean she's so funny breakout star and then you have um the other lead which is cheryl lee ralph who plays barbara howard who's like a religious older kindergarten teacher who's like really sweet and they all have their own version of telling it like it is like to all one another um, the other two characters rounding out, oh, three people rounding out this cast, as I said, Tyler James Williams, who plays the love interest. He's kind of the gym of the show. He plays Gregory Eddie. Tyler James Williams, who was uh, Chris and everybody hates Chris for many, many years. You're like, how do I know this amazing actor? That is how. You also have Lisa Ann Walter, who plays Melissa, who is like a badass second grade teacher who you know from The Parent Trap as 
Chessie. Whoa. Oh my God. I always forget that. Mm-hmm. I always forget that she's in that. Yeah. We need to talk about, we want to talk about some of their signs. So that's kind of what we wanted yes. to round out. So this is a great ensemble show. Like this is a show that is built on um, everybody interacting with everybody. And once you have a good cast like this, you can do any type of scenario and we're going to watch them play it out forever. So we wanted to talk about like, if you've watched Abbott, watch it, get into it. And like who Quinta is in this show, who we think she is as Janice, as the main character. Courtney, what would you say? So Quinta is actually a Sagittarius in real life and she made um, Janice a Sagittarius. There is a moment in the show when she is talking about how she's like, really taking on this challenge that is um, sort of futile. She's really short and she's afraid of heights and she's trying to get on a ladder to like change a light bulb. I I think that's what the plot is. And it's like everyone's telling her, no, Janice, stop. And she's like, I'm going to do it anyways. If I don't, am I even a Sagittarius? And it's like, just like this idea of this, this like really optimist, like this optimism, you know, like I think that that is the hallmark of a Sagittarius is like this like truly just utter faith that things will work out and kind of the will to make it happen. Um, And I think that that is so fun. It's like, it's that um, belief that like there is good in people and that uh, the life is on your side. Um, So I think that she picked, you know, I I think that she did the right thing by, you know, picking her own sign. Next up, we have her love interest in Gregory. So he's kind of the one who's like mean mugging at the audience, you know, like he's the one who, turns and like makes a sarcastic little face when people are doing insane shit around him. And I think that and his plot line is sort of he was supposed to be the principal of the school, but he got yeah. robbed of that job because Ava, our insane principal, <laughs> um blackmailed the superintendent into getting the job. So he learns this and he's like he's like what the what is this life? Like what am I living in? And I think that he is actually very much a Virgo. I think that he is all ah. about helping, you know, like he really just wants to help Janine and like he just wants, oh my God, have I been saying Janice? It's Janine. Oh, <laughs> he just wants to help Janine. Like he wants to make the school a better place. He put in the hard work of like getting all, getting all of his like accomplishments in order to become a principal. And then when he didn't become it, he's like, He's not even going to not work there. He's he's just like, fine, I'll yeah. still work here and work my way up to being the principal eventually. <laughs> so I think that that is very Virgo. Yeah, yeah. He still wants to be right. I think we should just do Janelle James uh, as Ava Coleman for the last one. And then, okay, I want to hear what you think she is. Well, this is I'm so excited that we're doing this uh, episode right when Leo season is starting because I think she is such a Leo. Oh, yes. Oh, what yes. do you think? I mean, the attention, the um, passion. I think um, why this character is so well-written and so smart is she still has a lot of things in her heart that she cares about that she's not letting other people see, which I think is really, really beautiful. And I, I think that's where we get to this heart of the show. Like, none of these characters feel like characters like it's not like she's just like attention seeking wants to even though she like is a little bit she still has so much other stuff going on yeah she definitely has like a hidden soft side which i think we comes out more over the course of the season right i think what makes her a leo is like 
you know, she's she's not going to be the Leo you're like friends with. Uh, yeah. So like, but she is that Leo of like kind of that famous person Leo, of, like that J Lo Leo, that like Madonna Leo of like, no, this is this is my stage. You know, like I think Leo is all about being the big fish, small pond. To be honest, mm, and yes. she's the big fish in this small pond. She is. She the printed big fish. her face on a fucking bulletin board in front of the school. Like, okay. <laughs> and more than anything, I think one of the biggest traits for Leos is that they're fucking funny. Leos are always so playful, so, so humorous. They like believe in like the light side of life. Like, I don't meet very many like really pessimistic Leos, you know? Like, I think that yeah. they want to have fun. And I think that that is her approach to the school is like, <laughs> what? Like, I don't know. Like, what? why are we not having more fun? What do you mean there are problems? Yeah. We can just face those. We'll just like deal with those problems. And she always wants to, like, rely on her charisma to get things done because she's so charismatic. She can. Yes. It's literally. uh, And I think, again, breakout star truly makes the show in this way. The last person I have to shout out, which, like, I drew me into the show so much, is Zach Fox. His character is Janine's kind of high dropout boyfriend, right? Like, how would you do the how would you describe this guy? I mean, he's he's sort of he's like her longtime boyfriend. They were like long-time high school sweethearts. His name is so Tyreek it feels like in she the show. signed up before this happened. Yes, like, before those personality <laughs> traits really came into bloom. And I, I just have it's such a funny character on the show. He plays Tyreek, and he is like trying to be a rapper. And there's an episode where he comes to the school and he leads them in a rap to not do drugs anymore. And I literally, like, I want to play the soundbite. It is so funny. He's like, if somebody try to give you drugs, punch them in punch the him face. Punch them in the face. Punch them in the face. And it is like all these kids <laughs> dancing to this song and it is the best thing I've ever seen ever. It is so funny. And it's like, he is such a great comedian. He's such a good choice for the role. Uh, what what sign is that character? Oh my God, I don't know. Because I he's one of the only ones on the show where I'm like, is this a real person? Could, is this, could, a, could this be a real person? I think or this am could I, be a real Am person. I just blessed to not know people like this? <laughs> I think he could be an Aquarius because he's so, like, he's, you know, he's chill, so he's goofy, weird. he's going with the flow. And Aquarius men, I, they're, they're different. Um, but also, I think Aries, you know, he's got that so much energy, he's so fun. Um, and he's actually, like, good with the kids, you know? I think Aries, yeah. underrated trait, Aries are really good with children because mm. they're chil- they're just big children themselves, you know? Yeah. And he's got all he's got all this energy. He wants, he's like, he's following his dream, you know? He wants to be a music, he wants a music career and he's going to get it, you know? Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for where Abbott's going to go. I, I really think I convinced myself throughout this conversation to talk into them winning all of the Emmys. I want them to win. I think it's great. I love when a show is so strong and it just breaks out in season one so well. So go Abbott. That's my thoughts on Abbott. Woo! Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Dude, did we set ourselves up for failure to have to talk about one of the biggest shows? (laughs) I... Absolutely, we did. I feel like we could talk about Gilmore Girls for an hour straight. I know. I feel like how do we even... I think we should lean into like talking a little bit about Leo season through Gilmore Girls and then it might just have to be like a bonus episode or something. Like how could we how could we talk give it everything it I needs know. to give? Maybe what we do, okay, you know what we're going to do? Hmm. We are going to talk about Lorelai, Rory, Emily, Richard. <laughs> 
and then we're gonna leave the town and the school for a big old episode. A big old episode one day because we, we, we totally we did not some, plan this. I know we want to do some bonus and like go into this stuff. And I guess what we're trying to prove is that like we know culture. We've been watching forever. <laughs> oh my god! I you know what's so disappointing is I have. I have like the sign for Miss Patty written out. You yeah. know, like we went so, but let's just do their core family, and we yeah. will come back, and we will do an hour on Gilmore Girls. We'll do an hour on Gilmore Girls if, if it's if 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 you guys like it. If if it's something that I mean, maybe Courtney and I just need to talk this out for ourselves. But we what we were thinking about these big shows and and what it means to a lot of the big Emmy shows right now. We're seeing huge ensembles, right? Like I think a lot of them that I name, like even the dramas, like Yellow Jackets and Succession and Severance and Squid Game, like they're a huge cast in these shows. It's it, we're not doing Will Smith, I Am Legend, you know, just like him alone on screen. Even talk about the comedies, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, as we're going into Insecure, Abbott Elementary, and Marvelous Mrs. Maisel writers, Amy and Daniel Palladino, also originated with Gilmore Girls and there's a lot of uh connections there's a lot of I think they have started this new way of fast writing television where their scripts will be like 200 pages <laughs> because there's so many worlds there's so many characters there's so much beautiful exposition that they've set up so Courtney give us a little bit about Gilmore Girls so Gilmore Girls I think is at heart the story of a mother and a daughter who are only 15 years apart um, Lorelai had Rory when she was 15. So when the show starts, Rory is the 15 year old wonder kid, just smart, sweet little daughter. And Lorelai is her hot 30 year old single mom supporting herself and making it all work. With that said, Lorelai is the child of two wildly wealthy and extremely buttoned up country club parents. And that is Richard and Emily. And she can absolutely access money at any moment, um, but it will come with strings. And the ultimate cost is her pride, which is incredibly valuable to Lorelai. I'm like getting emotional as you're talking because I'm like, wow, this is such a good story. <laughs> like, it is. It's so a great good. story. And it's, it, you know, it's a total ensemble dramedy. I think that really what makes the show so great is how is those, you know, those outside characters. The small town is, plays, a, they live in Stars Hollow, plays a huge role in the show. All kinds of fun and kooky characters. And I'm guessing if you have made it this far, you know, a little something about it, but Rachel and I both really love this show despite some of its issues. I think it, it has had a lot of problems in aging, um, but, yeah. we, you know, maybe we'll save that for the bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's nice to just kind of set it up and see how this course of television, how we have been creating ensembles and how at, we as audiences want to fall in love with many, many people. And I think there are pros and cons to a lot of these people. And I was watching this show every single day after school when I was like, I don't know, 12 to 16 or something. I would come home and it was always playing on ABC Family. So I was always watching it. And characters that I used to love then, I think I don't resonate with as much anymore. Um, I think some really good people to start with is the three Gilmore girls, which is Lorelai Gilmore, Rory Gilmore, and then... Emily Gilmore. So Rory is the youngest. Uh, it is the daughter of them all. How do you feel about Rory? Um, <laughs> here's the thing. Yeah. I watched this show in, I, I also watched it like 
sparingly as like when it was coming out and on abc family one of my neighbor was one of my best friends and she watched it so i would when if i was at her house i would watch it but i didn't track it so my real viewing of it was started in like 2020 at which point i was 25 my idea i was paying my own rent you know like i was like everything they said about money Mm. hit so differently yeah and also all of their all of their feminism hit so differently in 2020 you know like This show really holds up very differently in an adult eye. Right. Um, and is I, I was so, so much more critical of it, I think, than maybe I would have been if I watched this at, you know, what, 12, whenever, whenever it came out. Yeah, I yeah. I don't actually remember when it came out. But um, if I watched this, you know, if, if my opinion was, like, entirely, you know, drenched in that, like, childhood nostalgia, I might be less harsh on it. But I'm actually pretty harsh on it. I just happen to also love it because it's so... <laughs> warm there's so much to love about it yeah and the characters are great the characters are and that's what i find interesting about it is like why do you it's why do you want to watch a show where you are in love with every single character and every single choice and move that they make right like you need to be able to be critical of people because that's how humans are i think then we get too tough on ourselves and we're like well then we are i have to be perfect like and hot and cool like laura like gilmore all the time and and witty and smart and um oh my goodness basically they do this thing where they are very very big on going to breakfast every single morning and i've seen a bunch of tiktoks breaking down their morning schedule because they're like there's no way that they can get all of this done they wake up at like 6 a.m they'll go have breakfast and at a diner they will like go walk around their town and then they'll take a bus to another town go to school and somehow get all of that done by 8 a.m it's impossible i've seen good tiktoks breaking it down Okay, this is part of what I mean when I say I'm, like, very critical of the show. Yeah. Is that a huge point in the show. Like, part of, arguably, the axis of the show is, like, their relationship with money. Yeah. Because Lorelai got pregnant as a teenager and then left her family when she wanted to raise her child. So, like, she was like, fuck you guys, because her parents were really shitty to her. And it's like a huge point of pride for her that she's raising her daughter and they are not going to be raised with her parents' influence. And they're going to be and her daughter's going to be raised with, you know, without this money and this horrible culture that she grew up in. Mm -hmm. And my fucking problem with that is when you watch the show, that is absolutely not reflected. They live in a house. They live in like a two story house. They eat they eat every meal out because it's like a running joke that Lorelai can't cook they eat breakfast every morning in this diner they like one also they fucking use her parents money constantly yeah like and meanwhile they're trying to pretend that Lorelai is this like self-made working mom and I'm like "Mm, okay like I'm kind of watching this is the thing about watching it in 2020, like like I said, paying my own rent, but then also when COVID hit, being yeah. like, this is fucking bullshit. Like, I know that if, like, Gilmore Girls was happening right now, they would be like, they just wouldn't be struggling. You know, like, they just wouldn't be struggling at all. And, like, that would never be a plot point. I don't know, because in Maisel, to fully tie it back to the Emmys, Maisel is also written by these people, and I have similar thoughts about that, too. They're really always trying to be like, this is a woman who's going out every night to 
earn her own money doing comedy but it's like no she has rich parents they all can get money from each other and then with Maisel the thing with her is like she's not a mom because she never is with her kids like she is <laughs> never with her children and I'm always like oh that's kind of just like a joke side point you guys like she's not really a mom she's like being a mom is so hard she comes home and she's like is my kid in bed okay great I'm glad they're asleep da 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 it's like what? real, real dog Don Draper hours. Yes, truly Don Draper hours. I will say, uh, it's just like, I don't know. I don't, what do you, what uh, sign do you think Marvelous Mrs. Nasal is? Oh, I don't know. I haven't. Oh, actually, wait, I do know. I, I remember. What, <laughs> wait, what am I talking about? Of course I've thought about this. I think she's a Leo Virgo cusp. Or uh, if you don't believe in cusps, then I think that she is a Leo with like Virgo placements, like a Virgo Mercury or something like that. Because oh, nice. I think she has that like desire to shine and be on stage and be the storyteller um but she also is so precise you know like she is very much like she's on time to shit you know mm -hmm. she always looks impeccable looks she impeccable. like is really all about the details and like I, I think that that's really leo virgo energy i think i'm talking so much about the writers of this show because i think their personalities just shine so through like there are so many jokes and thoughts that come through through these characters that happen so quickly which leads the shows to wanting to be watched again because there's a lot of stuff that you can just totally miss as you're they're just talking so fast and Maisel and in Gilmore Girls where you're like oh well I could just watch this all day and pick up something new and see a new character and, and relate to somebody new and especially as you grow older what we're saying like it, we had a different relationship to it when we first watched it versus watching it now <laughs> what sign is Rory so I think Rory Gilmore is a Libra um, Libra is an air sign. It's a sign of intellect. And she is a total reader. She's all about her. She's the valedictorian. She is a little smarty. She's a sweet girl. She hates conflict. She's absolutely has a man waiting in the wings every single oh time my she's God, in a relationship. The men. The she's men. like such an emotional cheater. Yeah. Real Libra hours. Um, she's very much like, and she is like, she is sweet. You know, I think that Libras in general have like a positive attitude towards people they want to have peaceful relationships um they want to have they want things to be nice you know like in the early days with Paris. i mean she befriends her greatest enemy in in high school you know like paris sets herself up as like war and rory's like no we're gonna be friends you know like we're just gonna be friends like she's immediately sending her notes in class being like i'm sorry please let me help you you know like <laughs> please help me help you fix this project that i broke of yours like i don't know if i would be friends with rory no I don't know. I the the anti conflict bugs me, and just something about her thought process all the time. Like she, I mean, it's her mom. I want to be best friends with Lorelai. Like I am always on Lorelai's side. I just love Lorelai so much. She's the mom of my dreams. I uh, definitely would not be friends with Rory, but um, that's more of the thing of just like I don't know. She looks like. <laughs> She's just like too much of a goody goody for me. Yeah. I, you know, there's a moment actually. I I was rewatching the uh, the first few episodes of it this week, and the day of on her first day of school, she gets out and it's been such a long hard day. People are being shitty to her. She goes and just hugs her mom for like a minute straight in the parking lot mm -hmm. right in front of school, and I was like, nerd. Ooh, I would bully that girl. <laughs> Ooh, I would bully. <laughs> Fuck, that's so lame. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, you're hugging your mom in front of school right now. Ah! I think that's why I like college Rory. College Rory is my favorite Rory. Logan is my favorite boyfriend. I think that like – and maybe I, – I, guys, maybe this is bonus, bonus content. But I would 
I think, and again, maybe it's a writer thing. Maybe you could be so smart to really let this relationship build and trust that she's going to change as she goes to college. What sign is Lorelai? Lorelai is a total Taurus. I think she's a Taurus with a Gemini Mercury because she's always talking. She's always got that, like, she's so, so chatty. But Taurus, one, ruled by Venus. She's gorgeous. She's so about her relationship. She's always, I mean, you know, She's always talking about how to manipulate men and trying to give Rory this like very toxic dating advice. I think also Taurus, because it's ruled by Venus, Venus receives, you know, Mars goes out and is like action. But Venus is like, I'm going to lay here in the grass and let things happen to me. Mm. You know, what Lorelai receives constantly money from other people, <laughs> from her parents. She would love to say she doesn't because she's stubborn. And like, that's a huge Taurus trait is being bullheaded, being stubborn, yeah. being like, but also at the ultimate, at the end of the day, she's constantly getting help from other people and being like, because she's batting her eyelashes from her parents, from Luke, from Suki, from uh, her, from Michelle? Michelle. Yeah. yeah. Michelle. Like people are always just like helping her and she's just always manipulating people into doing shit for her. And I think that's very Taurus, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the best way. Like, I love that that, I love that she's able to do that and use that and be like, I wore my cute short skirt My today short and so skirt. everyone in town is gonna help me <laughs> like that's very Lorelai to me but I think she's also like it's people do it because they like her you know yeah. because she's she is great she's a wonderful personality you know Taurus is a great fucking hang. I like, think all these things about Taurus, I am grappling with myself. Like those are like being stubborn and things like that, where I'm always like, ugh, those aren't great qualities. But I'm like, I'm a Taurus moon and those are like bully. I have so many of those qualities <laughs> that I'm like trying to figure out. Well, I mean, hey, there's also the positives, right? Taurus mm -hmm. is also like, it's also artistic and creative, you mm -hmm. know, like Venus is, is art. It's creativity. It's beauty. It's romance. It's like, it's pleasure. I think she's really big on pleasure. You know, it's like, She's like, yeah, I don't like cooking, so I'm just going to never do it. And yeah. I'm just going to eat the best food all the time anyways. And oh, we should get Chinese food and Twinkies. I was about to say that. They also order, like, everything. I mean, there is a little, like, escapism there. There's so much of, like, these are not real people, but oh, I wish I could be them. And finally, I think to full circle it all, who is Emily Gilmore? Emily Gilmore is a Leo. I think she is a Leo. Happy Leo season, everybody. As you this is, is as why you we listen, do, this is why we're doing as this for Leo enter. season. Yeah, Emily I Gilmore, the grandmother, the hierarchy, the leader of them all. Tell us why she's a Leo. Okay, positive traits are that she is kind of what, what I said also about Miss Maisel. Looks impeccable, always. You know, she's very much about presentation. She's always going to look good. She's She's got that regal energy of, like, you know, when she's in a room, you feel her presence, and she commands a room, and she's like, I know what's going to happen here. You know, she can always organize an event. She can, mm, she loves an event. Loves she loves, event. loves a party. She loves to, like, and she loves to be at the center of it, you know? Or like, she... She also wants like who she wants to be the lead of it. Like if it's about Rory, she's like, I'm going to make this party for you and you're going to do exactly what I want you to do at this yes. party. You're going to dress how I want. You're going to talk to who I want you to talk to. That energy. Yes. Which is the negative part, which is that, you know, Leos can be domineering. They can be dramatic. They can be dramatic. Kind of, um, you know, they can be sh they can be showy. They can be kind of this is what I want and I'm going to get it, you know? Yeah. And we see that in, in the best way. That's like, I'm going to go for my dreams and I'm going to make them happen. And in the worst way, it's like, no, Rory, you have to wear this dress. Like yeah. I bought you this dress and you're going to wear it. I will say I'm learning so much. Like this is a, 
I that's why I think I love that we do this because I'm learning more about Leos and Libras and all of this through these characters because I, having watched these shows for so long and again care so much about them, can really be like, I know who that character is. And it's interesting to put this for us to come in here and put a placement on them. I really, I'm learning so much. I love it. Oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> I also would like to say, I think that so in with Leo is also stubborn. Leo is like a he mm. is super stubborn. Taurus is super stubborn. Of course, her and her daughter are going to fight all the time. You know, like, yeah, they're both so opinionated, you know, and I think that that yeah. is something to also listen to. Also, also, uh, she loves her group activities. She really loves she loves going mm. to the club. She loves going to her like Daughters of the American Revolution. She loves all of her. She loves her like Chilton alumni stuff. You know, like I love seeing when she falls apart. Like it maybe happens once or twice in the entire series. And that's saying something over seven seasons where she completely loses it and becomes a like a mess of herself and seeing those qualities and how like having somebody be so put together and care about events all the time and then when she is gets upset and then she'll just get drunk and she'll be like I don't care do whatever you want put them in and whatever you want and I love seeing that drama that exists there too it's always still yeah. there it's the it's the dramatic streak she's also She's, yeah. I mean, God, I could talk about this for so long. I think that I actually really have yeah. thought about this a lot. I think that she also, like, she's got the possessiveness of, like, you know, when she sees, like, Richard's old girlfriend from, like, 30 years ago, she's like, oh what my the God. fuck is going on? Like, she needs to be the apple of Richard's eye. And she is. Like, she absolutely is. Um, And yeah. then also, like... I think we were talking about the breakdown. That is also so Leo because Leo is Leo is the the ruler, right? Leo is the the king of the jungle, and so it's like they really do they really deeply hate being embarrassed. They hate being humiliated. They hate yeah. coming off as weak at any moment. And I think that it's really rare for you to see Leos be vulnerable and like really lay out like, "Hey, I'm hurting." Like, I like they never want to have their pride wounded, and they never want you to know it because that would be admitting defeat you know and so i think that she yeah. really can be very prideful on that point and also just a positive is that she's so generous leos are so generous leos are always buying people gifts they're always like wanting to spot the bill like that's absolutely her like love language she's like L rory goes to chill her after her first day of chilton she's like i want to buy her all of the merch like can i get her the skirt can i get her the socks can i get her the tote bag and uh lorelei's like no i don't want you to her to buy all that and she's like well, you know, everyone else is going to have it. Like, why can't I just buy it for her? I know this show is really flipping on me. Like, because when you're watching it as a kid, you're like so on Rory and Lorelai's side. And you're like, "Ugh, Emily's being so annoying. And now I'm like, wait, Emily was the best character. Like, she's great. so nice and so helpful. And like, she she's just a strong woman. Like, what a great strong woman to have on television. I think that is quite a theme yeah. of today. There's, uh, there's a moment in... One of the best moments in Gilmore Girls is Rory's valedictorian speech when she thanks everyone in her life who's gotten her there. And it's her mom and her grandparents. And when she thanks her grandparents, she like really is just like your generosity is like, ah, uh, it's like it's like it knows no bounds. Like you guys are two of the most generous people I've ever known. And it's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. We love uh, Emily. She's also, oh, she's also so funny. I'm, God, she, her like acid <laughs> tongue. She's so funny. Uh, no, it's, I mean, again, I think this is just such strong, amazing. I want to talk about all of them so I know. badly. We need, we need to really do like an hour and a half long, like 
episode about every just about Gilmore Girls. No, okay, it's killing me. We can't talk about them. Okay. Okay. So this is what we're gonna do. So that was a huge freaking task that we just did. We broke down the Emmys. We broke down Abbott Elementary. We broke down Gilmore Girls. All shows that are all over the spectrum, but I do think there's some good themes there. We got strong women. We got a lot of Leos. We got a lot of good energy coming at us from all different directions. I don't even know how to say all of this. So let us know if you would like us to do a longer episode. It's something that we've been thinking about. Like, I don't know if we do like a Patreon episode or something just to break down. Like, we want to get into like every single piece of Gilmore Girls. We want to get into every single piece of Grey's Anatomy. Mm -hmm. Like, we have... We got we got ideas. We have faves. If you are listening to this and you want to to like deep dive a TV show, please let us know. Please let us know because we it's our dream. Um, how do you feel, Court? I feel good. I feel honestly so cock blocked about Gilmore Girls, but it's fine. I know. It's I it's know. it's fine. It's I know. Fine. I know. I think we got to wrap up this episode. You know, we finish every episode <laughs> on a positive note. We're gonna give our compliments. Rachel, what would you like to compliment this week? Oh, I'm going to go back OG and compliment you guys. <laughs> I'm going I'm going full circle. No, I just really wanted to compliment you guys because you all have been just really nice this I feel like I've been a little out of it this week and you guys have been really nice and I slept through a meeting we were supposed to have and I woke up to the nicest text messages that you said Rachel, don't freak out when you see this. And that's like the nicest thing any person can say when you fucked up on them. When you missed when you were supposed to be. And they're like, it's okay. Don't worry. And it's like, wow, I really needed that in my life this week. So my compliment is for Courtney and Ezra for being so kind Aww, to me. So, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, doesn't we've all yeah. we've all slept through something. Who cares? It's fine. Not Emily Gilmore. That's mm, you guys, that might be true. That might be true. She's got her shit together. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney, what's your compliment? My compliment is going to go out to the dental assistant at my dentist's <laughs> office, who has been so thorough and so funny, honestly. Like, she's been calling me with all of my wisdom tooth shit. And is she Janelle James? Like, maybe is she's she? Like, I don't know. Who? And she's got amazing eyebrows. She was telling me, so I had to take <laughs> this um, diazepam last night and i kept asking her i was like what is this like what is this and it turns out it is valium <laughs> i have never taken valium before in my life but she was like you just need to have it in your system you're on valium I, no last right night now? last night I, t- to sleep she was like you just need to have oh it in your God. system so the sedation works how was I, it best sleep in my fucking life <laughs> i almost complimented <laughs> valium like i was like <laughs> um, I mean, don't do, don't do, apparently it's a benzo, so don't do benzos, y'all. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Christ, uh, best sleep in my fucking life. I mean, I also, I mean, oh I've talked God. about my epilepsy before, I think, on this pod, but my, I, th- I have taken a diff- a slightly similar thing called, I mean, it's Ativan, it's lorazepam is the actual thing, so... Courtney's here to compliment I'm here to compliment drugs. prescription <laughs> drugs that are making my life better while my body betrays me this whole fucking summer. <laughs> Everyone's going to leave this these podcast episodes and be like, God, Courtney is breaking down. It's like a punishment for all of the drinking and smoking and never sleeping. Um, but whatever. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. I wish we could just talk forever about all I this know. stuff. I want to talk I'm about like, Gilmore. I think we were a little... I think we're a little too ambitious, but that's okay. I'd rather be too ambitious than 
whatever the opposite of too ambitious is. So and be a yeah, Zach this Fox was nice. in Abbott Elementary. <laughs> a Tyree. A Tyree. <laughs> if somebody gives you drugs, the punch them in the Wait, face. Wait, except my dental punch assistant. <laughs> all right we'll see you guys next week we'll talk to you follow us at uncut gemini's pod talk to us again we're dropping merch i think we teased that last week holy fuck let's drop some merch and keep communicating with us yeah bye y'all bye guys so here's where they went wrong by the way this is ezra and they actually weren't that wrong today, so let's just get into it. Courtney attempted to use the word acme, and, well, she was correct in its usage. Acme, A-C-M-E, is the point at which someone or something is best, perfect, or most successful. The red moon that Rachel was referring to was the full moon on July 13th, known as the Buck Moon. In some parts of the world, it did take on a reddish hue. Lastly, the Elizabeth Holmes documentary was on HBO and was called The Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. (laughs) 